Come with me to John chapter 17. The Gospel of John is remarkable. I think I've hinted at this before, in that half of the Gospel of John takes place in a week. John 17 particularly is what we commonly know as Jesus' prayer in the garden. You could preach an entire year just on John 17. But we don't have a year to sit here now. So we're going to go to the first five verses. Listen with me. After Jesus had said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may be glorified in you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. That far we read. And praise God for the words of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to play a word game with you. Are you up for it? You can answer, you can talk back. I'm all right with that. Where in time do we live? The present, now. We live now. So where then do we experience God? Now. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting all the answers right so far. Our past is an accumulation of learning that prepares us for? Yeah, not the future, for now. <laughs> because our future is an anticipation of events that may or may not happen. We are not there yet. Isn't that the lesson we learned in 2020? How many plans did you have at this time of the year in 2020 that just did not happen? Because they were taken away from us. So we don't live in the future. It's a mistake the young seem to make. If only I had, or when I have, then I will. Eh? Remember those conversations that you've had with yourself? If I had that, then I could be this. Well, you don't know if you're ever going to get that, are you? So the only time we have is now. We interact with God now. Change happens. All those New Year's resolutions you made, pointless. Because change happens now. Why is that important? Well, all the way through Scripture, when God uses self-description 
What does God say? I am. Not I was. Not I will be. The name of God is I am. Right now, in this moment, I am. Rudyard Kipling, some of you will remember that name as an author, very, very popular in the post-war period. He captured this dilemma that we have in the poem, If. Remember that? A profound, in fact, not even profound, an astounding number of lives have been influenced by that one poem. And even yours, if you've never ever heard of it, I'll tell you why just now. There's a line in that poem that says, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything in it. And because it's Rudyard Kipling, he went on to say, and what's more, you'll be a man, my son. Very gender prejudice back then. Rudyard Kipling owes us an apology. You know, we go around asking the colonialists for apology and asking these people for apologies. Rudyard Kipling owes us an apology. Because since he wrote those words, life has been governed by a steady tick-tock. We have been pressurized to put into every single moment of every single day as much as we possibly can. And then we wonder why we age early and why we get stress-related illnesses because Rudyard Kipling told us to cram every minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Consider this. We only have 168 hours in a week. Of those 168, let's say reasonably that 45 are spent in some form of employment. That leaves us with 123 hours. Then think about this. It's recommended that we get eight hours of sleep a day. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but let's work with eight hours of sleep a day. That means that we have no more than 67 awake hours in a week. Eh? Doesn't sound like an awful lot, does it? 67 awake hours in a week, for personal activities. Hours into which we have to put our commuting, we have to put our sharing of meals, we have to put our shopping, we have to put our exercise, we have to put our times of worship and our quiet times, our quiet moments with God. 
all in only 67 hours. Makes a week sound awfully short, doesn't it? Yeah. Into that existence, Jesus speaks words of eternal life. How do we even begin to get our minds around eternity? Because that's the only time that eternal life matters if we can understand the bigger, broader concepts that Jesus is speaking about. A definition of eternity that I like is that it is all the time you could ever imagine. So just take a second. All the time you could ever imagine. Think about that. Occurring now. That's eternity. Because, of course, God doesn't have a watch. Not even a big old grandfather clock. God deals in now. So, eternity, therefore, is now. And I think I've said enough for you to understand that conversations about eternity can last forever. Then we have this wonderful prayer recorded in John as Jesus' words. And in verse 3, we read, Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So there it is. In the words of Jesus, eternal life is to know Jesus and to know God. You might be able to say, thank heavens for that. Because we're sorted. We know God, and we know Jesus whom he sent. But be warned. Because if we're pretending to know God and pretending to know Jesus, then our eternity becomes something completely different. Our eternity becomes a forever absence of God in all his forms. Our eternity becomes no love, no mercy, no forgiveness. Starting to sound a bit ominous. A forever absence of God in all his expressions. Just a whole bunch of souls pursuing their own gratification. Sounds a bit like government, doesn't it? But that would make eternity extremely lonely, don't you think? Eternity without the presence of God. So here's the thing. Jesus has told us what eternal life is. 
we need to understand that we are living eternal life now. It's not something we have to wait for. It's not something that will happen one day if we're really good in this life. We are living eternal life now. We are living the kingdom of heaven now. Every moment. If we know God and Jesus the Messiah whom he sent. Isn't that exciting? If it is exciting, it should be scary in equal measure. Because that means we carry the presence of God with us into every situation. And any situation. Jesus' eternal invitation, come, follow me, is not so much a direction that here I'm going to take you somewhere else. It's an invitation that says, come out of death into life. It's an invitation that is about restoration. calling us into a life that is made abundant by the Holy Spirit, helping us always to live in grace and truth, helping us to live as we are meant to live, helping us to live as we are created to live, live like it says on our label. You know you've got a label, huh? made in the image of God. That's what Jesus' invitation does. Come follow me. Come live like I've lived. Come live like I love. Come forgive like I forgive. Come embrace like I embrace. That is eternal life. The key is to understand eternal life as an unrestricted opportunity to engage in deep conversation with God. We've all been part of conversations around the bri, around the dinner table, where people have said, you know, one day when I sit down with God, I want to ask Him why He invented mosquitoes. We've all been part of that conversation. Why did he make flies? But you know what? Eternity is now. The kingdom of heaven is now. So there's no reason whatsoever why you can't have that deep, engaging conversation with God now. This is eternal life that we would know God and know Jesus the Christ whom he sent. If you could fill the unforgiving minute with eternity, the kingdom is open and present right here on earth. A step toward that is to realize that presence, the presence of the eternal one, in every moment of every minute of every hour. 
and we could extend that onward, but you get the picture. I want us each to take up a challenge. Live your eternal life now. Don't wait till tomorrow, that's not guaranteed. If you need to share the gospel and witness to somebody, do it now. This is the only moment you have. If you need to show somebody that they are deeply loved and cherished, do it now. Do it in your now. Because that is eternal life. Let us pray together. In our deepest being, we already knew about you, God of infinite possibility, before we even started our relationship of knowing you personally. Please, Holy Spirit, teach us and encourage each one of us to a deeper level of knowing you now for this is eternal life. And that as we know you, we would live to your glory always. Amen.